3: Ready to get your glitter on? Then head to Worlds of Fun Grand Carnival from July 23rd through August 7th for a larger-than-life shimmering celebration. Join the spectacle of color, a dazzling parade of floats, performers, music, and beads that sweeps across the park. And take your taste buds on a world tour while dancing to music after dark. Save over 45% with a Carnival Bundle, which includes admission, parking, and three food tastings, only at worldsoffun.com.
1: It is the post-match reaction here on the Blue Room for Everton 3, uh, it wasn't the end, Salford <laughs> City nil in round two of the League Cup. Uh, for those of you who are joining us on YouTube, yeah, we are live tonight after this game of course, so uh, give us your comments, you might have a match, you're impressed, you didn't, all those sorts of things, and we'll address them throughout the course of the show. Uh, delighted to be
0: joining me tonight uh, is Mark Mosey. Uh, Mark, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I've actually been playing footy with a couple of the other Blue Room lads tonight. Um, so just for reference going forward, Les Roberts is to be forever known as Les van den because I've never seen anyone <laughs> be so aimlessly aggressive on a football pitch. So that was a nice precursor to, uh, to yet another Everton win. Well, that's a nice little bit of nugget of information before we get going.
1: Uh Adam Sutton also joins as well, mate. If you if you could compare yourself to a former Everton nineteen eighty five player, who would you go for?
2: Um Who wasn't that I got was on the end of a very bad tackle that ruined the rest of his career, basically, was uh, Adrian Heath.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there
2: you go. <laughs> Always injured.
1: Yeah, and uh, joining us from from the other side of the world, it's morning time for him, so uh, he's been delighted to join us, uh, doubly delighted Ryan Reynolds, because of course Australia won the, the one-day uh, international series against England tonight as well, and the topies have won as well, mate, so you must be made up, great start to the day for you.
3: Awesome start of the day, mate, and I couldn't wait to jump on this call, I'm <laughs> a bloating Australian at the moment.
1: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, <laughs> but Everton did win 3-0 in the end, Um I just 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 everyone's thoughts on the game. First, I'll, I'll come to you first, Ryan, because at, at one point it looked like a game where Everton were going to struggle to score two. Then uh, when it goes two-0, you think it's a really professional job. And then you're coming away at the very end thinking you could have scored six or seven or eight Good the amount of times we hit the, road, the, the woodwork. Uh, just, just a bit of a mad night all around, really.
3: Yeah, it was a crazy one to make make of the performance because, as you say, it felt like we were sort of going through the motions there. at 1-0 got the early goal and then, didn't really look too troubled but we didn't really look like we were going to create a whole deal either and then you know they kicked into gear into the second half got the second and as you say I mean what did we hit the f- woodwork four times so yeah. like you know it could have been six or seven easily um yeah it's a crazy one but it's just good to get through to the next round without having to use those guys off the bench like Richarlison, Calvert-Lewitt and that is um it was a good result all round. What did you make of it Art? Yeah much You can imagine yourself sat in a stadium for one of those games where the crowd's struggling to get up for it. Maybe the early
2: goal settles the nerves and then you have that long period where no one seems to be doing anything of note. I thought Salford were, were really poor tonight, actually. I don't think they'd really give us anything to worry about. And I think with the eleven that started for Everton, there are certain teams that could make them worry. Um, never mind a Premier League team, someone lower down could definitely do damage to that. Um, midfield especially but I don't think they offered anything really going forward and then as you say as soon as the second one goes in um, you start to think this could turn into a route. and I think in the end four or five wouldn't have flattered us so yeah it was um, one of those games took a while to get going and then you think why can't we do that from a minute go but you know I, I, all in all it's a, it's a positive result in the through so it's all that matters.
0: Does so anyone else who watched on Sky Sports feel like they've just watched the director's cut of the Salford City film with Gary Neville on co commentary It did feel a little bit like Everton were just passengers in their own football match tonight. But uh, I, you know what, Do you know what made
1: Sky got rid of some classic banter whoppers in the last few weeks on Soccer oh. Saturday Avenue in regards to that and it's almost like Neville and Carragher trying to replace the, the roles of like Thompson and Letizia and and Charlie and Nicholas, just by going into full fan zone mode,
0: it was just embarrassing at times, wasn't it? As much as you appreciate the the sense of occasion for a team like Salford, and, and ultimately, we don't care, we won the game, we're through. I, I personally don't care about Salford City, I, I'm actually tuning in to watch Everton, regardless of their, their stature in the league, but anyway, tangent. I think, in terms of the game itself, it's, it's all about how you manage these games, I think... It, the correct point that was pointed out on commentary was it got to a very critical five minutes whereby Everton were either going to press the the self-destruct button or be able to push on in that sort of professional manner that that you expect these games to do. Get the second, potentially get the third. And I think as as much as you do look at a couple of individuals, as Adam said tonight, and you kind of grimace about where their future lies, you do have to to credit the the collective team for. How you you kind of just build the pressure in those sorts of games? You, you're very much confident in your own ability that you will be able to to get the second, and it did feel like we were we were sort of battering the door down in the last 20 minutes to get the third and and potentially the fourth and the fifth. I know you guys mentioned the woodwork, but Salford City's goalkeeper, as as himself a career <laughs> all tonight, it was just an unbelievable performance. But yeah, the important things are that we're getting goals, we're not conceding them. Um, I know that's a daft point to say against Salford City, but I've seen Everton concede goals to, to some pretty poor footballers and football teams, so it should not be taken for granted how easy we've made it look tonight. Yeah, uh, although, to be honest, when it get to the hour mark, it's still only 1-0 they had a couple
1: of chances. I was getting a, a little bit nervous, but uh, you know, in hindsight, it, it was one that was well in control. And you know, Bright spots from the game. I'll, I'll come to you first in this one, Adam, before you know, throw it to the other lads. Um, that le- that left-hand side, I think, was, was the standout, really. wasn't it? two-young players who probably haven't played that much together on on the training pitch, certainly haven't played together in, in a competitive football match before. It was obviously Nkunku's debut, but uh, linked up really well. seems so to have a, a nice, natural understanding. Um, I think Nkunku's probably man of the match for me. He thought he was outstanding throughout. And Anthony Gordon, of course, uh, did everything but score, didn't both But, the, you know, if, I, th- I think it was just one of them where... Sometimes you just see two really bright, intelligent young footballers, and you put them together in the similar area of the pitch, and you have a natural chemistry, and that's what it felt like those two are tonight.
2: Yeah, I think the natural chemistry usually flows from ability and, and pace more more time than not. I think with the likes of Nkunku going past Gordon, um, which really does give him the ability to come inside on that right foot and. However many times he did come inside, he just couldn't find the back of the net. Obviously, one wanted the post, a couple of saves, a couple of blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just thought that dynamic worked really well. Um, probably get roasted for this, but I said to the lads in, in the WhatsApp that he moves a little bit like Alfonso Davis, you know, the way that he's just <laughs> jinking around. Like you think he's going onto his left, which he always looks to. He seems to just let you let you stick your toe in before he does go on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, him and Gordon worked really well together, and as you say, it was everything but the goal from Gordon. And I think by the end of it, he'd given up like he looked very frustrated after the, um, I think it was the final one, which was probably the most wayward one, which flew over the bar. But um, yeah, I think out of out of the 11, definitely them two were the two that impressed the most.
0: It's great to see Everton's left-hand side performing so well. I, I, I don't know what it is, and regardless of the, the personnel there, but there is something just heartwarming about seeing Everton play the ball consistently down that left-hand side. Um, I think you're right in terms of speed being the difference maker in these games. But I think the, the main area is the, the speed of thought and able to gain yourself just that that half a yard to take the shot. And we saw Anthony Gordon consistently do that and coming in on. It was almost a little bit like, I and, know and we've, we've looked at plays in the past whereby, you know what's going to happen, but there's very little that their right back can do about it because he has got that quality to take that one touch and and usually get a good shot on target. I mean, clearly the one at the end that hit the post, and um, the, the first time he hit Woodwork was potentially one of the nearly one of the best first Everton goals that we've seen, um, and obviously that connection is not something that him and Nkuka have any sort of right to have at the moment, but it all looked very natural. It looked like they've been working consistently at Finch Farm. I don't know whether that is that is the case or not, but certainly some some very positive. And I think that the main positive for me, in particular with Nkuka at left-back, is that Obviously, at this time of the transfer window, you are thinking: where are the priorities and where are the gaps? And in the space of ninety minutes, we're all very quickly looking away from that sort of backup left back position. Maybe that's jumping the gun a little bit, but you.
3: I think if um, at the start at the start of the game, if you'd asked, you know, which of those left or right sided players had played a season in Germany, and was yeah. an experience... Premier yeah. League player, you would have said our left-hand side was mm. was that side. Um, that's just how well they adapted to the game, and that was a, a great performance by Nkuku because you know it was his first game of senior football, and you would not have picked that in a million years just on on what he was able to do today. Yeah, I think his his it, decision making was great as well. Of course, you know, you
1: know, put on Swift, he's clearly He got loads of physical gifts. You know, he, he was nonstop all night getting around the outside of Gordon, and I think that helped Gordon and be able to go on the outside or, or inside with those shots he did at the end because he had that, that constant outlet around him. But there were times when he, he picked up the ball up and sort of was running towards two or three Salford players and you sort of think most young attacking Fullbacks backs in that position, just carry on going and try and beat a couple and you know whip across him. But he was more than happy to just turn back and, and play a ball inside. And, well, that's not something that gets you on the edge of your seat necessarily. It's, it's good to see that, he, that he's got that, that part of his game already there. Uh, but just, just on Gordon as well, I think it was great to see him sort of being able to... What I liked about his performance actually tonight was in the first five minutes... He stamped his authority on that fullback, and he? he knocked it round, knocked it past him, just ran around the outside of him, and then he thought straight away. Then this fullback's not gonna not gonna want to get near. Him. And I think you know, obviously there's difference in levels. There's a chasm in class between these two sides and these sets of players. But it was it was just a case of him really stamping his authority on the game early on. And um, so yeah, I, th- I think of, of the players that we've seen tonight for me, those two are probably the ones you you'd look at and certainly say. If something does go wrong on that left hand side and Michalison or, or Luca Dean, yeah, you're probably okay with, with, with them coming in.
0: Mm.
1: Um, elsewhere in the you know, in the side, I think one player that so you know I saw being spoken about a lot tonight was Moise Keane. I think for probably 80 minutes had a really tough game, and it wasn't just that you know, it's probably the worst type of tough game for a striker had in, in a lot of senses because not only was he struggling to hold up the ball and link play do all the things that, you know, we've seen Dominic Carver-Lewin do so well for so long. When his big chance came, he, he, he properly fluffed it, didn't he? And when you're not contributing in, in the build-up play sense, when you're not contributing when you, your chance comes along, it's, you know, he must have been feeling pretty rotten about himself. So, you know, the first thing we should probably say is kudos to him for,
2: for stepping up and taking that penalty at the end. Yeah, I think definitely, um, you can see from from after the penalty was scored, actually, that he looked pretty frustrated with himself, even after the goal had gone in. And... Um, but that's the one thing with Moise Keane that that is so frustrating is that you can see in, in certain instances how like talented the lad is, but then you try and explain that to people who watch a full game and they're never going to for him to try and get any rub of confidence and form because he's he's been kept out the side by and rightly kept out the side by Dominic Calvert who's scoring goals for fun essentially, and it's. Yeah, it's really frustrating for him. And, it, and as you say, it's not the type of game that possibly suits him. I think he's actually probably more suited to a Premier League game. Moiski may be one away from home um, where a team's you know, wanting to go and score a goal against us and he can go in behind because sort of a, a few comments about him, whether it's similarity to, to Lukaku in the way that he's not the hold-up play target man that people actually compare Lukaku to. and he, and, and Moise might be the same. His first touch isn't brilliant. He doesn't seem to be able to shield the ball as well as other players. But at the same time, he's, he's strong. He's fast when he's running the right in the right direction. And then I think I think we might need to play to his strengths a little bit more. But has the time passed for Everton to be adapting the way of playing to suit a lad who doesn't necessarily look like he can do the business week in week out? So whether he can adapt to that and whether he can can really start to adapt to the Premier League as a whole is hopefully what we're looking for. And I think we need to really make sure that Moiskeen's getting the best out of Everton the same way that we're getting the best out of him.
1: Yeah, I think it was, it was Mike Greenall, who's obviously been on some of our shows recently, Ryan, who put on Twitter that it was almost like Everton were playing like the Ad in up front in regards to just firing a lot of balls into the, you know, the feet of a striker, a lot of aerial... Challenges and that sort of thing, and you know, I think Adam's absolutely spot on there. You know, Everton can do more to help Moise Keane, absolutely. But in the same breath, you know, you can, you can understand why like, people want to see a little bit more from him on, on these occasions,
3: yeah, absolutely. And he's no doubt feeling the pressure too coming into the team. He knows that you know he's trying to fight for a spot against some really good attacking players because if DCL's out, there's nothing to say that Richarlison doesn't play out front and they bring someone on in the left as well. So, um, he was definitely feeling the pressure tonight. and. I've had absolutely no confidence in him taking that penalty, actually. (laughs) I just thought the way his night had been going, that that was just going to go over the top of the bar or something like that. But I think Adam's absolutely spot on with his summation there. I don't think he's that hold-up player that you can sort of ping the ball to his feet and it's going to stick like Louie. He likes to run in and behind and use his pace and his strength, similar to that mould of of how Lukaku played. And I tend to agree, You know, away from home, if you're looking to counter-attack, that looks to be his real strength. That,
0: that is the catch twenty two, isn't it? I mean, we are ultimately trying to judge whether he is capable of playing consistently in Everton starting eleven, and he will never get an opportunity in Everton starting eleven to to show us that. We all know how how these games are and how Moise Keane's opportunities will be. They are a little bit half arsed They're against weaker opposition. He's probably got weaker teammates around him, and we're, we're never really going to see that. That said. I, I, as you've all said, I think we've seen enough of Moyes keen now to know that he is not going to be integral in Everton's build-up play, whether that is in these these Carabao Cup games, whether it's in the Premier League. He is a finisher. Um, and the, the caveat of that is that when he is in the side, he has to finish. Uh, and I know that it's incredibly harsh to say that he hits the woodwork a couple of times and, and potentially he doesn't do as well as he should with a, a header early in the second half. But if you want to play in the Premier League we get five or six important touches of a ball in meaningless games. And three or four of them have got to count. Uh, and it's difficult because I think the most engaged I was in tonight's game was when he lined up to take that penalty. Because I don't know what it is about him or, or certain players that have gone gone by down the years, but there are certain players who the, the fan base kind of just attached themselves to. And the will for them to succeed is so great that they are consistently microanalyzed. analyzed And I think Moyes Keane is, is gradually getting to that stage. But certainly the, the will from the fans is there. The will from the manager, I feel, is there. I know there's been talk of, of him moving away, be that permanent or on loan. Instinctively, I don't personally think that that will happen. But I think that's because of, again, our desire. <laughs> you look at where he fits in in the squad, it's, it's second fiddle to Calvert-Lewin. He is a good backup striker, albeit there's a bit more to come from him in particular in terms of goals. But I think we'd all agree that we're kind of happy with his place in the squad at the moment. He's not going to oust Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Fair play to him if he does do that because it means he really will be performing. But I I just hope that Everton are not looking to to try and explore a loan option or to, or to give him that extra game time. As much as that would benefit him personally, I want to see him grow at Everton as opposed to grow elsewhere and was try and tap into that in a year's time. I suppose he's in quite a difficult position, isn't he? Because like you said, if Calvert-Lewin's
1: fit, he plays, and that's going to be the case yeah. for the for the foreseeable future, especially after his, his goal on on the opening day. And it means that Keane has ultimately got to impress in games like these, like you said, Mo's, where... He's playing behind makeshift midfields and lads who've hardly kicked the ball. And ultimately, there's, there's never going to be the same fluency there. Or he's going to have to make impressions in 20, 30, maybe even 10-minute spells when, when he comes on. And, and the other thing as well, which I think Ryan is absolutely right to bring up, is that the, the has is showing he can play through the middle as well. And, you know, you'd think in a big game away from home if, if Carver Lewin's injured. You'd, you'd imagine the manager would shift for Charleston inside, and then you're saying to to Gordon or to Bernard or to you know someone like Sigurdsson to go and do a job on the left hand side because it, it just doesn't feel yet as though the manager completely trusts him. and it feels like you've maybe got a bit of a a longer way to go in that. I just just throw it out there: Did anyone else in, in Precious tonight who you know think has, has done themselves no no harm? Obviously, Sigurdsson comes away with a a you know a goal, which is a typical guilty Sigurdsson goal and an assist, albeit it was against. Weaker opposition. I mean, would you say there's anyone else out there who, who you know really enhanced the cause or
0: even enhanced the cause a little bit? I would, in particular, say gilfie Sigurdsson. Um, he, he, again, in in a game like tonight, I, I don't really need to see him on the ball constantly. Uh, I, I know that we've we've pointed fingers at him in the past for sort of passing on involvement and and hiding for want of a, for want of a more favourable word for him, but. I want to see him get on the ball in important positions and make things happen. Every time tonight that he got within 30, 35 yards, I thought he's going to be really dangerous here. Because if nothing else, if you give him four or five yards of space, he is capable of picking out the right pass. Uh, In particular, Moyes Keane at at the start of the second half. And I think for both of those players, it would have been really favourable for them if if Keane was able to convert. But in, in those games where... It is essentially a training session for for the vast majority. I I have got faith in him to be able to deliver the goods. I mean, he's not necessarily been the most involved player tonight, but I came away thinking he's one of Everton's best performers. He's got an assist, he's got a goal. And to take this back to three or four years ago when we were all looking at him as, as one of the Premier League's golden boys, that end product is what everyone was desiring from him. Um, be that Swansea fans, Everton fans. It, that, that's what he was in the lead to do. Find Fernando Lorente with crosses. It, that that is what Guilfi Sigursen is all about. So he, he's there tonight to obviously be the the captain and and sort of the focal senior figure. Um, part of me thinks it was possibly a bit of a shop window moment for him. <laughs> um, whether Carlo Ancelotti was thinking like that as well, I'm not sure, but. Um, I think, in particular, him and Bernard in the middle of the park. Um, we've spoken at length about where Bernard would potentially fit into into an Ancelotti team, or in particular into a four-three-three. I think the the best that we've seen from him in in recent rare performances is is centrally. Um, he is intelligent enough to pick the ball up in the middle of the opposition half and and find a good pass or or find a shot on target and as much as again fingers were pointed at him for not being productive in the final third albeit for an absolute wonder save tonight he gets on the score sheet and and everyone's talking about where we potentially fit him in 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 the 15 or 16 first first team players so they were the two in particular I thought were kind of kind of not not banging on the door for this side because we know how competitive that area of the pitch is at the moment but they certainly made you think, are they part of this squad this season, if we are, to, to do the unthinkable and actually bring a pot home.
2: I think with backing up what Moses said there about them two in the middle, and they seem to be the closest to the new starting 11. Yeah, They were going to maybe get themselves back in and around the squad, I think with, with Sigurdsson especially. Into the shot window, but I think he might have had an absolute rocket at the backside with those three coming in. I think he's from what I don't know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, whatever it was on on Sunday against Tottenham. You could see that something had possibly changed in the way that he was going about his business. Don't get me wrong; he's he's never going to be Alan, who's flying into tackles and nipping the ball off strikers' toes as they're about to shoot. He's never going to be that driving force midfield like the Corianian closest comparison is probably Rodriguez in the way that he's not the quickest, he's obviously always been known for his technical ability, his delivery and his, his ability to, to go past the player without necessarily having a huge amount of pace and I think he might have had well he definitely should have had a good look at himself after that last season and Ancelotti as, as we've spoken about must have been so worried about that previous seasons, midfield, that the news the new three have just come in and gone straight into the side. And if that doesn't give you an absolute worry about how well you're performing at your job, then nothing else will. It's, you can compare it to everyday life. If you're in the same job for five years and no one's threatening your position and the new fella comes in and takes your job straight away, mm-hmm. you, you'll absolutely trap yourself, essentially. And I think, hopefully, Hilfie has done that. And, unfortunately, it's got to the point now where I don't actually mind whether it's a rocker up the backside or it's himself putting in, putting himself in the shot window because I think either option actually benefits Everton.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think Sigurdsson this year you could sort of see him being a, a bit par player, which in itself is not good for him. But I think in a funny sort of way it could be good for him because I I don't, I don't see why there's no reason why he can't start in these games and, and do well, certainly against lower opposition sides as we've seen tonight. But I also think that when the game slows down in the Premier League, you need need a goal, or you're chasing an equaliser with 20, 30 minutes left, Mm -hmm. and your midfield's got a bit more space, and the the opposition team is sitting a bit deeper. He should be able to come on in those 20, 30 minutes, whether it's just take a few set pieces, whether it's test the goalkeeper from from a a bit further out. He should be able to get his foot on the ball and be a bit more of an influence. And Listen, he's got a long way to go, yeah, before he's back in in the good books of of the I think it's fair to say. But um, some encouraging signs for him in pre-season and some more tonight.
3: Uh, Ryan, finally to you, mate. Anyone, anyone stood out for you? I wouldn't say there was anyone else that really stood out. I think the Guilfi Sigurdsson shout's a good one. And I think, you know, if we're looking, talking at a Premier League level, I don't necessarily mind him in a midfield three with Alan and Decore. Um, just with the legs around him, I think he could sort of fit in there if Gomez is sort of tired after 60, 70 minutes. So I think that's sort of his role sort of for the next season or so. But, Before we finished up, I did want to bring up Jared Branthwaite's injury as well. Um, Obviously, if he's going to miss an extended time, that's going to really govern what we do in the last couple of weeks of the window in terms of potentially having to bring in someone else. It seemed like on Twitter they were talking about a calf. Um, Don't know if that's true, if it was an Achilles or something like that. He certainly went down quite quickly, but um, I thought he was really good in those Not much, but um, yeah, that's a little bit of a concern because we're sort of down to the bare bones now at centre-back with just Mina and Kane fit.
2: I think that's probably one of the main reasons why it's so hard for Everton fans to understand. And, and I'm always never really making a definitive decision on do you start your strongest eleven or do you play a couple of the lads who are looking to impress or maybe those who aren't going to be getting into starting eleven in the Premier League. And that injury there, if that happens to Yerry Mina, there's absolute alarm bells ringing in, in Everton starting 11 for the weekend's game. So, whether that point to, points towards obviously, you don't want any Everton player injured, but you maybe rather have one of the lads who has a little bit more time to recover, who hasn't got that added pressure of constantly playing week in, week out. And we don't have to rush the likes of Yeri Mina back from an injury when we might have a little bit more of a backup. And if Branthwaite now has, has got a, a long time off not, not being able to play, you do have similar players around him, the likes of Lewis Gibson, who can come in, whereas I don't think Everton's two central defenders at the moment can be replaced by anyone if that crop coming through, because you wouldn't want them to, to put that that pressure on, throw them straight into a Premier League game as well as Branthwaite did last year. I just feel like sometimes it's, it's maybe good to get a couple of the young, younger lads in to play games where injuries could be picked up and, and you're trying to avoid at all costs affecting
0: your best eleven. Just just on that squad rotation point, I think you, you're spot on that you absolutely need to use the squad, essentially, for, for games like this. Because the the argument for people who say that the first team have to play every every time and, you know, we haven't won a trophy for 404 years and, and <laughs> but I think the, the argument for them is that, well, we, we're in this to win it. We're in the FA Cup to win it. We're in the Carabao Cup to win it. And I think... Fine, but if that all goes right, to play 50, 55 games a season, and that is totally unthinkable. Um, so, as much as that is the main point for, for rotating the squad and injuries, etc., how we've we just spent half an hour talking about opportunities and, and how people like Maurice Keane, etc., are going to be able to work their way into the squad. So, I think it's it's a little bit unrealistic to expect the same 11 to, to compete week in, week out, in what, as we know, is already a compressed football season. We're going to be seeing football every single night uh, and these lads are going to be expected to play every every four or five days as it is. So very important and very sensible what Ancelotti has done tonight and, and ultimately, if, if you get the result like we have, then it, it proves the right result.
1: Yeah, I think it was always going to be a bit of a, a rotated side, wasn't it? I just want to finish up very quickly, uh after some comments. Uh Larve would have said Bernarco fitting alongside a powerhouse midfield. I can see him possibly replacing Gomez. But correct me if you think I've got my play positions wrong. Uh Daniel Wilson has said, Who would you have in the squad this weekend? No Gordon against Spurs. We'll think he's proved he's he replaced tonight. He's surely gonna be in the squad for the weekend now, Imagine, you imagine after that. Yeah, it's assumed so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, Sven has set a sound win, but we're still definitely a few plays short. That was very clear tonight to compensate for inevitable injuries and suspensions. Uh, Alex has said, if Keane doesn't get a pen penalty, I think we're all talking about him, he was poor in so many areas, especially his hold play, uh, we can't write him off yet, he clearly has the athleticism and skill to get to that next level, it's difficult when you're a young striker, has so much exterior pressure, but we can't write him off, I think consensus was the same from us there mate, uh, and last one uh, we'll do, uh, Lucas Anna said, all-round pressure performance in the Blues, 4th midfield, just kept the game ticking over and Gordon looks a top prospect. The only really stinker came from Theo Walcott. Uh, yeah, going to be interesting what happens with him over the next few weeks, obviously. Loads of reports that I are looking to sell him. Uh, but yeah, that's it. We've kept the lads up late enough. Uh, Ryan, enjoy the rest of your day, mate. Uh, no doubt going about with a big grin on your face, like we said earlier. Will do, mate. Can't wait. It's going to be a good day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great look, to those watching it on YouTube as well. Uh, bottom right hand corner, there's a little button to subscribe to all our stuff. We're putting more and more up on here and I'll see so you get notified when we do one of these live shows or where any, anything else goes up. Uh if you listen to the podcast and you want to hear a bit more from us, do try it out the Blue Room Extra ahead of the new se- new season, especially with Everton looking the business. Go into that game against West Brom at the weekend. It's patreon.com/slash the Blue Room Extra for exclusive interviews, previews reviews, all that sort of thing as well. But yeah, that's been your post-match reaction for Everton 3, Salford City 0. We'll speak it again soon here on The Blue Room. Confessions from and Forge.
2: Most people come because there's so much to do, but
1: I come for the peace and quiet of the mountains.
2: And the go-karts. Oh, and the bumper boats. Those are fun too. The best part? That's tough. Mountain coasters were cool. The water slides were insane, but the pie at the old mill
1: was epic. Confessions from Pigeon Forge. Visit MyPigeonForge.com
3: to plan your trip today. Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?